Hello, residents of Meepletown. This is Dean. Friar Darren. And today we're going to be talking about games we've been playing lately, and we're going to be reviewing Bonanza and Sheriff of Nottingham. Thanks for joining us as we seek to build community through board gaming. This is episode 160. Oodalale! Residents of Meepletown, who did you want to be when you were a child? What what character of legend uh, captured your imagination and you wanted to be? This was the, the person, if there was a story written about them, you wanted to read it over and over again. If there was a movie or cartoon about them, you wanted to watch it over and over again. When you were having your imaginary playtime, this was who you were pretending to be. Who might that be for you? I would say the one that tended to be the most prominent would have been, and Nick Hayes would be very disappointed if I didn't say this, but it would be He-Man. I was a big He-Man, Masters of the Universe fan back in the day. I went through some Ninja Turtle phases. Uh, Karate Kid was in there somewhere. Who else? I'm sure there's lots of other ones, but I would say He-Man was the one that I always went back to. Rambo. Had a a bunch (laughs) of Rambo toys back in the day. (laughs) So see, when when I was thinking of this, I was thinking of, you know, like characters of legend, of folklore, Um, you know, for me, that would have been someone like King Arthur, perhaps. That was someone I remember watching lots of cartoons about that. I was always captured by that lore. But really, and this is one reason why I'm excited about our double feature review today, is because one of the most prominent ones as a child was Robin Hood. I wanted to be Robin Hood. I still want to be Robin Hood. I want to run around the woods with a long bow and rob from the rich and give to the poor. Um, man, I just was always captured by that. And uh, and I'm glad we're talking about the game we're going to be talking about today because that was maybe my favorite telling of Robin Hood, the, the Disney version of that. What is, what's stopping you from that, Darren? <laughs> I mean, you you can do that. You know, that that's true. I could. Uh, one, I, I don't have a long bow. I guess I can make one or go buy one. Uh, two, I don't know how to shoot one, but I guess I could learn. And three, I'm afraid of getting arrested running through the woods with this long hair and big shaggy beard and a long bow strapped to my back. I think someone may get the wrong idea. I guess either in like a, a modern day version of that wouldn't be as exciting. <laughs> you have the long bow. Well, and there's that too. There's hunting rules and all that stuff. And I'm really not sure. I mean, I guess I could still rob from the rich and give to the poor. But again, there's that whole arrested thing. Slightly problematic. And then there, you know, people might think it's it's a Sasquatch running through the, the woods, not necessarily a, an outlaw. Well, you know, another option would be to reverse that. You could be a politician and steal from the poor and give to the rich. hey yo. <laughs> Happy 2024, everyone. It's an election year. <laughs> Oh, sorry to offend anybody, but I don't think anybody's offended by that, right? We can all in one accord join in, in, in that. <laughs> oh, that's that's fantastic. I've got nothing to follow that up with. I think no, we should you just don't. move on we from should, there. <laughs> we should probably just jump into some board games. We are not a political podcast by any stretch. Not we yet. Board, <laughs> a board game podcast. I'll, I'll go ahead and I'm going to jump into this, Darren. Go for I'm going to talk about a game that I've been playing. I've only played this once. This is, oh, I meant to check this out. I think this one's actually available on 
board game arena, but I can check that out while you're talking about your game. This is P, uh, uh, Beacon Patrol. Beacon Patrol. All right, now, I, this is a game where I've only played it solo, which is okay. I don't know. I really kind of picked this up to be a solo game, not necessarily to play with other people, although it does play one to four player games. This is a tile placement game, cooperative tile placement game, where you are moving your boat around and placing tiles adjacent, orthogonally adjacent to your boat in a way that you can then move your boat into that space. And you also have movement tokens that you can use to move your boat around so that you can place other tiles. And once you get tiles placed out, you are trying to get your highest score. And you're going to do this by scoring points for tiles that are completely uh, surrounded. They're uh, explored, I think, is the term that it uses. But meaning you have a tile in all of the orthogonally adjacent spaces. So that's worth one point. You get, I think, two points for lighthouses and one point for the buoys. I think that's right. And add up your score and compare it to the score in the rule book. You also have a couple of mini expansions in there. You've got a pier that gives you points for the uh, buildings on the islands that it's connected to, like a dock. And then you have, uh, what was the other one? Windmill. And the windmill is going to give you an extra point for every open ocean space that it's adjacent to. And that's it. That's the whole game. Now, I'm going to ask you this before I start talking about some of my thoughts. Have you played this or even really heard of this? I have not played it. I have heard of it. Uh, Don't really care for the look of it. And so never really gave it a second thought. Oh, you don't like the look of it. It, It's just just not particularly my uh, board game of tea. Tea Okay. Whatever. I don't even know what that means, but it's not <laughs> a game about tea. It's a game about driving your boat around and exploring buoys and lighthouses. Oh, I, interesting. I really like this one um, quite a bit. This was, I, I wish I remember who had suggested this. It was somebody in the in the uh, Chuck's gaming group that I'm a part of that mentioned that they had played it. Ah, Maybe Nina or Kelly, I can't remember, but it looked cool. I, that Really, the, the look of it is what drew me in initially. And then being a quicker 30 to 45 minutes is what it says. If you're soloing this, you could easily play this in 30 minutes. And uh, it's a really small rule set. It's it's easy to figure out. It feels, I mean, you know what you're doing. You're moving your boat around, exploring these tiles and trying to get them in a place where you can get the most points. I, I just think it's really fun. I've enjoyed this one. Uh, in the one play that I played it, it kind of makes me think of Dwarf Romantic a little bit where you're, again, placing tiles and trying to get points based on things, the way that you're placing the tiles and what it's connected to. I don't know which one I prefer yet. I think initially, I think Dwarf Romantic might be the better game for me, but if I want a quick solo game, Beacon Patrol is probably going to be... Actually, I don't know. They're both... It's close. It's real close. Do you need to own both? I think if you have one, you don't necessarily need the other, even though they do scratch different itches dwarf romantic has the campaign element to it which adds a huge boost to it this is just the game with a couple of mini expansions that add some replayability but i think maybe the replayability might lose its luster after a while but so far i've i've enjoyed it so is the victory condition is it just like trying to score the most points is that how that okay yes and i think that's probably in a cooperative game for some people that's going to be the turnoff 
um even you know comparing it to like mist mist over carcassonne at least that one there's a number that you're trying to get to and once you reach that you win the game this one you're just trying to get your highest score and so i think that could be a turnoff for some people but but again if if you know what you're getting into i i like it i think it's fun don't ask me to rank those three but i would say i'm gonna do it anyway i think (laughs) that mist over carcassonne if it gets thrown in there as like a cooperative tile placement game mist over carcassonne's my favorite of those three and the other two are pretty close depending on which mood I'm in. If I want a quick game with, you know, no upkeep or any kind of campaign element, I'll go with Beacon Patrol. If I want something that is a continual exploration and opening new boxes and seeing what's going on, Dorf Romantic is the one. But Beacon tr- <laughs> Beacon Patrol is the game that I played. Um, <laughs> the um, it, I, I can see how that would be a fun, quick, solo kind of experience just pick it up and throw it down and play it out i can see that working and you know and i've heard a lot of people talk about that that's torben ratzlov's i want to say first design and so good for him that that was picked up and taken off for some the game that i'll be talking about though is not a quick solo game but it is a quick game a quick two-player game it is also not the first design of this designer because the designer is bruno Cathala. and this game is donuts this one just came out this year it was published by FunForge, like I said, two-player only, and plays in about 10 minutes. Uh, how fast was Beacon Patrol? 30? 30. Gotcha beat. 10 minutes. Uh, this is sort of tic-tac-toe on steroids, maybe the best way that I can. But if tic-tac-toe and Connect 4 had a board game baby, that would be Donuts. One of the key features of this game is that these it has 30 double-sided wooden donut tokens. It's like chocolate frosting with sprinkles on one side and vanilla frosting with sprinkles on the other side. But again, they're wooden and painted, so there's no real edible frosting there. The board <laughs> well, is made... you can always add that, right? <laughs> you could. It would make for a messy gaming experience, but <laughs> to each their own. The board is sort of a modular board. It's only these... It's these four large tiles that are full of these different squares that are that are... Each square is pink and white, and it has a different line going across it. Like some of the some of the squares, uh, some of the spots are have diagonal lines or vertical lines or horizontal lines, and it's just kind of random all over these tiles. You put them together and make one big, huge checker-looking board. All right, and when you place your donut, all you're doing is you're going to place your donut on a square. That's it, and the line on that square tells your opponent where they now have to put their piece. So if you place your donut on a diagonal line square, then somewhere along the diagonal line in that same uh, formation, they have to put their donut. And that might end up on a horizontal line, which means now you've got to put your donut somewhere horizontally in the same line as they put theirs. And it just goes back and forth. Um, You can even, let's say you put your donut directly in between uh, two of your opponent's donuts. If you do that, you can flip theirs and theirs now become yours. So there's lots of strategy here. Uh, the first one to win is, or the first one to put, to get five of their donuts in a row, either diagonally or orthogonally, the first one to have five in a row wins. That's it. That's basically the game. And let me tell you, I stink at this. I stink <laughs> at this because it kind of requires you to see about three turns ahead. And that is not... My, my brain does not work spatially 
that way. I've only won this two different times. And both of those times, I just fell backwards into it. You know, it was not intentional. It was something that just sort of happened. Oh, look, here's this. Um, but I tell you what, though, it is it is a lot of fun. I will easily pull this out. You were talking about Beak Patrol and pulling it out for a quick solo kind of game. I will easily pull this out if I need a quick game with um, with my wife and I. We played this on my birthday night. Um, this was her gift to me. We played this last night. My, my, da- my daughter was going to bed. I'm like, hey, just give me five minutes and we can play this game. And we did play it about five, 10 minutes. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's one you can play over and over again. It's one you can play. You know, let's just run it back. Let's run it back. Do you have to have this game? No. (laughs) It is an interesting um, tic-tac-toe-y type game. I was trying to think of another game I've played like this. I cannot think of one. So it is fairly unique. Maybe you can think of something else, Dean. But on our pass, play, or purchase scale, I'm going to give this one a high play. You know, I don't think you got to have this one. I'm not going to tell you to go out and purchase it. But I think if you get a chance to play it, you might enjoy it. Do you have any interest mm. in this? Or, or or can you think of another game that sounds similar to this? No, 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 no. It sounds very unique. The other games I'm thinking of are more chess-like than, than Tic-Tac-Toe-y. Right. Um, I think they should have called this Tic-Tac-Doe. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. I like but, it. You know, I, I'm sure Steve O'Rourke can come up with something much better than that. Oh, but. I'm, that's true. If you don't know Darren, um, one, you should get to know him. And two, you <laughs> need to know Darren loves donuts. I mean, mm. loves a good donut, which I love a good donut, but you love them more, I believe. I would easily say donuts are a top five food for me, like of all time. Food good, period, not food just desserts. Food period, right. Food period. A good donut is hard to beat. I am on the quest to find the best donut on the planet, not just in town. I found that on the planet. Uh, I've had them all over the world. And right now I got to tell you, the U S is still the best donut making place. But some of y'all out there, some of our listeners in people town that are out there around the world. If you've got great donuts, let me know. I'll come visit and we'll, we'll try it out together. You know what though? I used to go in, in Romania, they had these things called gagoshes, I think is what they were called. It's been a minute. But those were amazing. Amazing. Mm. Is that another I, word for donut, or is it something else entirely? Donut family, I guess. Donut adjacent. Okay. I don't, I'm not really sure. <laughs> okay. I love a good donut, too. I, I also love a good fritter. I love apple fritters. Mm, yeah. Uh, Are there apple fritter to... games? We need some apple fritter games. You know, That would be great. Okay, so all that to bring this back for a second, Darren. I thought the next time we get together, there's a donut place next to my house that actually has good tables for gaming. Ooh. Called Joe and Doe. And I thought I it was a that. chain, but apparently I'm wrong. It's the only I was looking on their website. They they just have one. Um it's good. They have good breakfast food, good donuts. We could go over there, play some donuts and and eat some donuts. I can't believe you've been keeping this from me. Yeah, well, I eat there with my students weekly i mean i'm there all the time <laughs> but i don't get a lot of donuts from there because donuts are wasted calories for a guy who counts calories and i no. yeah i know i'm lame no i'm lame there's nothing to waste it about that calorie each one is earned <laughs> oh i like that i i really want to try this game i think that would be fun i love the look of this bruno cathala is one of my favorite designers so yeah i'd, I'd check this one out giddy up that is donuts
Not to be confused with Go Nuts for Donuts or any of the other donut games. Donut Shop. There's a few. All right, that's going to do it for games we've been playing lately. Let's get on to the reviews. People Town, we are back. We are talking about Bonanza and Dahlia's. Bonanza is listed as a two to seven player game. Dahlia's a three to five, but I'm going to be explaining specifically. Did I say that right? Three to five, Darren, for, yes. for Dahlia's? All right. So Wait. I'm going to be explaining the Bonanza rules quickly because that's the version that I know. This is a Uwe Rosenberg design, and this is a card game where you are going to take cards into your hand and you cannot change the order of the cards that are in your hand. Now, I'm just going to go through quickly how you play through the game, and then we'll talk through some other aspects of it later on. But on your turn, if, it is, if you are the, the uh, player taking your turn, the active player, you're going to plant bean cards from your hand. Now, to do this, you're going to have to take it from the one that's in the far right side first. You plant that, and then you can plant another one if you want to, but you don't have to, but you can only have two bean fields. Then you're going to turn over two of the bean cards from the bean deck. And you're going to try to wheel and deal if you can, because at the end of your turn, you're going to have to plant those beans that you have turned over and the ones that you have traded for. And so you're going to be trading those cards out if you can't use them in order to get cards that you can plant, because you can only you only have two different places that you can plant these beans, two different fields. And if you go to plant a bean and you're forced to plant beans and you can't, then you're just going to have to get rid of those cards. Now, if you are able to harvest those, then you're going to get points based on the value listed at the bottom of the cards. But if not, you're just going to lose those and you got to plant a new field. And so there's lots of wheeling and dealing that happens in there. Now, how you harvest is at the bottom, it's going to give you of each card. It's going to show you the value of the the bean cards that you have based on how many you have in that field. So some one might say you get one coin if you harvest two cards, or maybe if you harvest eight cards, you're going to get four coins or something like that. I really literally just made that up because I don't have any of those cards sitting in front of me. You get those coins by taking cards. There's a coin symbol on the back of the card. And so if I harvest, I take the amount of the coins, put them in my stack, And that's how I'm going to score points at the end of the game, which you're going to go through the big stack of cards a few times before you get to the end of the game. But that is the gist of it. Now, I'm not including, this is just the base game of Bonanza, but I'm telling you, there are so many different expansions and other versions of this. There's the Bonanza Duel, which is actually an app version of that one. You've got, uh, oh my goodness, so many uh, Bonaparte. You've got uh, Telebone. You've got... Let's see. Oof, I'm just going through here. Uh, Ladybone. You've got the High Bone. You've got Gangsters and something. I don't remember what that one's called. I just lost that one. You've got Princes and Pirates. You've got so many different expansions of ways to play this game. But we're just going to be talking, I think, about the base game of Bonanza plus Dahlias. Is that correct? Have you played both of these, Darren? I have not. I have not played the original Bonanza. I have only played the Bonanza Dahlias edition, which came out in 2023 it was released i want to say shortly before gen con around that time and so what i played was a review copy from amigo of adaya so thank you amigo for for providing that for us and uh and yeah like you said that one was three three to five players so a little bit different and at least in this game and and by the way 
this is the first game in a new heirloom series that Amigo is doing, where they're taking some familiar games and kind of re-releasing them with new art and new themes. And so I don't know if they've done any others since this, but this was the the first one because the art in this one, it's not beans. It's not the silly bean art that you might recall from Bonanza if you've ever played that one. This one is flowers, beautiful flowers designed by uh, the great Beth Sobel. And the, the graphic design in this is so is so clear and smooth. I feel like a lot more so than the original Bonanza. But no, in this one, Dean, you were saying that you only have two fields you can plan in. Does that change based on player count? Because in Dahlia's, if you play three players, you have three fields that you can plan in. But when you play four or five, it goes down to two. Do you recall if that changes at all? It's a variant. That's what it is. It's a variant in the setup. So if there's three players, you can turn over the Beanfield mats. In this version, I'm just looking up the Bonanza rules online. I don't know if this is the same version I have, but there's a three-field variant that you can play with three players. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because this game is really simple. It comes with just a deck of cards and these Beanfield boards. That At least the Dahlia's version, you open up and like one side has got two fields and one side has got three. So, which I found uh, very helpful. So some of the pictures I saw on BGG, it just had people laying their own like stacks of cards out in front of them. So I don't know if they all come with a mat or not, but the Dahlia's version does. There is a separate version, the, the two player, sorry, the, the same version, another variant for two players. I can kind of mention this, I guess. I haven't played this version of it. You remove some of the bean cards. You can only sell beans uh, on your turn. The, um, the game ends when that draw pile is exhausted the first time, not, I think it's three times that it is for the other version. Again, without looking up that part of the rules. So there's a couple different variants on there. I don't know if I would want to play this at two player. That's why I haven't played it. So I, I can't really speak to that as much. And you can't because it's not even available as an option. <laughs> right. At least, at least not yet. But no, in the Dahlia's version, yeah, you go through the deck three times, uh, which again, sounds daunting at first because that, I don't know about your playing experience. That first time you go through that first round, like, oh man, this this deck is so huge. I don't know if we, this is going to take forever. But once you get through that first round, the next two go by so much more quickly because you've got so many cards either in your point pile or in your bean field. And um, yeah, that's that's quite enjoyable and surprising. I felt like the first time or two that I played it, but I'm getting ahead of myself. We normally talk about arts and components before we talk about gameplay. That's right. So let's go to that first. Talk about the art and components. Again, I'm talking about Bonanza. You're talking about Dahlia's. Bonanza art is the initial artist. Now, it's got lots listed on here. Clemens Franz being one of them, which you're familiar with if you played any other Uwe Rosenberg games. But then there's several other artists listed on BGG. I don't overall love the art on this game. I'll just go ahead and say that. It's fine. I mean, it's it's very cartoony. All the beans, there's, you know, chili beans, there's green beans and all these different type of beans and they all have their own personalities with stink the, beans. Uh, with art that's on them stink beans um, some of them you don't even use um co- cocoa beans coffee bean mm. i don't remember if there's coffee beans but yep. anyway they all have their own personalities it is what it is i just don't love the art but i don't know if i care that much about it, it is it's just a card game mine also the the new version of it the anniversary edition has the metal coin in it as well. Don't need that. Really, you just need the cards. Yeah, it was actually the the art of the original was what kept me from ever exploring it. I thought it looked too 
too silly, too goofy. It didn't appeal to me at all. The graphic design of those, how the cards are different, like some cards has one of the things about the cards, it always tells you in real big numbers to let you know how many of that card is in the deck. Like I might say, there's 20 of these in here or 14 or whatever. And one thing I noticed in the original uh, Bonanza game, that that number may be in different locations depending on how they drew that bean. And then at the very bottom, it tells you how much you can score uh, for how many you you harvest. And that wasn't always consistent um, on that original game, which I thought was kind of confusing. In the Dahlia's version, everything is very clean. It's very, um, very consistent. And so you always know where to look and what you're looking for uh, and where to find it. And these flowers are gorgeous. The overall look of the cards are gorgeous. The quality of the cards are uh, amazing. I, um, I cannot say enough about art. When I heard that Beth Sobel was designing this game, I immediately thought, ah, okay, now I want to try to pick this one up and play it because I hear so many good things just about the gameplay. Yeah, that being said, and you're right, I mean, the art is is fantastic on that. And Beth Sobel is one of my favorite artists in all of board gaming and did crush this. The theme of, it sounds so silly because it really doesn't matter, but the flower theme does it for me less than what the bean theme does it for me. But really does not matter at all. I, I think no. if you're looking for a pretty production, this is definitely the way to go with the Dahlias. But what about the gameplay? Does any, any of that match up with how we feel about some of that art on there? The Again, the, the theme and the art of those things can be non-essential other than pleasing to the eye and make you want to go back to it. But beyond that, yes, the gameplay was one that I really enjoyed. The the tension of having to play, knowing you've got to keep your cards in order and knowing you have to play that first card. Uh, and then you may play that second one if you want. And then knowing those other two cards, you're going to flip out. You're going to have to play. Uh, man, I love the tension uh, of the decision space that's there, the the the, the trading and, how, and the negotiations that can take place and how easy it is to get hosed or to hose somebody else uh, if you decide to trade with them or not, knowing they're going to have to harvest something. Because one of the things about your fields, like say you've got two fields out there and there's one, one set, one field you're really working on, you've got three of these you know, moonfire flowers, and you've only got one nightshade over here, or, or right now than one of the other, or let's say brother flower. I know that's one of them. Um, and it comes time to plant. You've got to plant something. Well, you can't just get rid of that brother flower because it's just one in there and you, who needs it. You, if you have one, one flower in one field, but multiple in another, you have to get rid of one of your multiple fields. That's the one you have to harvest. And so man, knowing that ah, if I don't do this, I'm going to lose these cards and I won't get the score as much as I want. I love the the tension that that goes through your mind and exists around the table as negotiations take place because there's so much stress and, and pressure to hang on to those flowers or I guess beans as the case may be. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting. One of the aspects I, uh, aspects I like uh, there's lots of aspects I like of this game, but but with that trading, one, it tends to not go super long, which is really helpful, but you can just give stuff to people, which is really helpful so that you're not, right. you know, kind of running all over each other and and uh, and all that. But but you can definitely hose people in this game for sure. Yeah, but but they have to accept your gift. You can't just make them take it. That's right. That's you right. Know, so they can easily say, nah, I'm good. 
and then you end up getting stuck with something you don't want. Yeah. And part of this is going to depend on the type of group that you're playing with. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I tend to play with more careberry people. And so we're not definitely, we're, we're not necessarily trying to mess each other over, but I'm not going to take your gift if it, if I can't put it anywhere, obviously I'm not going to do that. But I, I do like that aspect of it that you don't have to trade, but you can just give things away. Cause and sometimes that, you know, really makes the negotiation pretty crazy because then it's like, I really can benefit from this but I know that it's really going to hurt you. So I'm not going to offer you anything. I'm just going to, if you want to give it to me, that's great. But if not, it's only going to hurt yourself. And that that's an extra layer of that negotiation. Now, if you don't like negotiation, would you like this game? Maybe. You don't think so? You don't think so? I don't think so. If you don't like trading and negotiation, that's so much of the heart of the game. Granted, you don't have to every turn. Sometimes that flop comes out and like, ah, oh, I want both of these. But there's so much here and you can invest so much in trying to build up a field. And if you get stuck with something, you're going to have to harbor something you don't want. I feel like feelings can get hurt. <laughs> this definitely can be mean. If you don't like negotiation or trading, I don't think you're going to like this one. I think you'll just be frustrated. I don't know. I could yeah, be I, wrong. No, 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 no. I don't think you're wrong. But I do think it doesn't have the same sort of uh, one of the games we played. I don't remember what the game was. We played a game last year. It was with John and a couple other people. And John got took a really heavy lead in the game. And then everyone stopped negotiating with him and working with him and, and got really frustrated. That was a very frustrating experience for him. And that's one of the things he really doesn't like about games that offer negotiation is that once somebody takes a lead, then you just kind of block them out. This game, yeah. it definitely has that, but not in the same level because there's still stuff that you can do Part of it, you might just have to get lucky on the draws that you have for sure, but maybe not. You know, maybe if I really can use the bean card that's out there, even though I know it's going to hurt you, I still might not refuse it from you because it can be a huge help for me potentially. So it's, I, it didn't feel as mean as some of those other games. And maybe because of the lightheartedness of the art, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that has something to do with it, but you're, you're probably right. This can probably be a very mean cutthroat game with the right people <laughs> or the right. wrong people. <laughs> right. And I feel like we, we typically play it more lighthearted as well, but sometimes, you know, that the knives come out and uh, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Now, one of the things, Darren, I just want to make mention this. We're not doing super heavy uh, in-depth reviews of these two games because they're lighter games, but I, looking at the expansion stuff, now you're looking at Dahlia, so there's no expansion on there. I don't think, I don't know if it has any expansion things listed in there. Not yet, None. no. Okay. I'm looking, because I was like, should I be picking up some of the expansion stuff? And some people said, yeah, if you can get this one, it would be a good one. We we play with it all the time. But several people are just like, we have all the expansions and we really only play with just the base game. So I think you get a lot of, because of the negotiation piece of it, there's a lot of gameplay in this box, even though there's not much variability. All the variability comes with what cards come out and how you're going to negotiate with the people that are around the table. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I don't plan on picking up any expansions for this. If something were to come out, then great. Uh, But that is not something that that is needed. There is plenty here in this simple deck of cards. Yep. Yeah. So let's get into our final thoughts of this, if that's okay. What do you, what do you think? Is this one that, I mean, we'll give our scores, but also I want to know, is this one that you, you feel as a, as an essential in your collection? 
You know, I, I really like the look of this particular game. I love the Dahlias. I probably would not pick up the the Bean version. I really like the Dahlia version. I think three to five is a great player count. I don't believe I'd want to play with any more than that. Um, I like the vibe of the game, the negotiating and trading. Again, this is something that's becoming more and more of the types of games that I enjoy. I love the rhythm and the flow of it. The playing of the one or two, the flipping and trading of the two planting and then drawing three cards back at your hand. I just love the cadence of the game. It's a lot of fun. It's smooth. It's got multi-use cards. I mean, man, that's almost an instant win for me when you're talking about uh, a simple game with multi-use cards. And this is really the first game I've ever played where you had to keep the cards in order. You know, I've not played any other game that I can think of that you had to do that. I know Scout is one that has been really, uh, people have talked about a lot, and I'm sure there's other games that do that as well. This is my first one. until so you do have to kind of police yourself and others uh, as you make sure that as you draw cards, you put them in the right order and not pull cards out too soon and put them back at the wrong spot. You kind of have to pay attention to that the first time or two that you play. And I know in this particular version, I will say this, uh, the rule book is, is well done, but there are one or two places where it mentions beans instead of flowers. So someone has copied and pasted and the editor just flat, Missed it. And it's in a few places. So Is it makes you right? wonder. Yes, it says beans. Like, wait a minute, you just said flowers in the previous sentence, but no one caught the beans here and oh. there. So that's, you know, that kind of hurts amigo. Where's your editor? Mm, that Dr. Is, Pay. <laughs> I mean, give me five minutes and I could do that, right? I mean, you just have right. to search for all the places that it has beans. You will never use beans in the rule book for that, right? Yep. Isn't there a function you can do on your computer to search for a word like control F or something like that? I don't know what uh-huh. it is. But yeah, I mean, if you know you're copying pasting, why would you not do that just to make sure that you got it all? Wow. Either way, to me, that's really the only negative of the game is that mention. Uh, this is becoming one of my favorite card games. I love this quirky card game. This is becoming one of my favorites. I'm looking forward to more of these heirloom games from Amigo. This is going to be an 8.5 for me. I think it's excellent. Whoa. Yeah, I enjoy playing it. I'm going to break this out. This this will, um, you know, High Society is like one of my favorite card games. I'll bring up this one will has a chance to join that. Where, you know, we're going to throw this one out there anytime we got time to play a quick card game. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I asked the question, is this an essential in the collection? It has been an essential in a collection for a lot of people. And I think it still has a place in, it has a place in my collection. And and I still think it has a place in a lot of people's collection. It's one that is very easy to teach. It is a lot of fun. Again, going back to what you said, you probably need to enjoy some element of negotiation, trading aspects in games. But even if you don't, I don't know, it's not a ton of like lengthy discussion. And I think that's part of the thing that people don't like too, is I don't want to, I don't want to pause the game, negotiate for 10 minutes and then move on. There are games that do that. The aspect of keeping the cards in the same order can be tricky. I've played some other, I played Scout and uh, Hanabi's that way. Like there's other games that, mm. that use that element. Sometimes it feels very restrictive. It is restrictive in here, but I think, especially if you're playing with a few more players, you have more options to be able to not be so locked into what you have. And and it adds that element of strategy that I think is fun. So I like it in this game. I'm going to give this game a 7, um, excuse me, 7.5, which is if you look at the, if you look at the BGG 
rating system. A seven is a good game, usually willing to play. Eight is a very good game. I like to play. Probably I'll suggest it and never turn down a game. I'll turn down games of this for sure, but it's one that I like to introduce. It's uh, I'm going on a family trip this summer to Orlando. We're going to be in a house for a week. This is one that I'm probably going to bring because I think I can teach it pretty easily, and I think people will have a really good time with it. So that's um, that's a fun one. And again, that's Bonanza that I'm talking about. Darren's talking specifically about Dahlia's which is the review copy that we got. That's going to do it. 7.5 from me, 8.5 from Darren. Let's go on to Disney Robin Hood, Sheriff of Nottingham. Oodalali. Crime and diddly nutsy. Put that a pea shooter down and play Disney's Robin Hood, Sheriff of Nottingham. This is the remake from Simon and Spin Master the, of, of the classic, I don't know if you'd call this party game or not. It sort of fits in that category. It's definitely a bluffing negotiation kind of game. Sheriff of Nottingham, the original designers of the game were Sergio uh, Holoban and Andre Zatz. And oddly enough, if you go to BGG to look up the Disney's Robin Hood version of this, they're not listed as designers. They're listed as the insert designers. So whatever you make of that. Uh, but again, a bluffing set collection card game where you're robbing the rich to give to the poor by trying to smuggle goods past the sheriff, old bushel britches. Everyone's going to start the game with six cards. Uh, they might be legal goods like cheese or wood or fabric, or they could be stolen treasure like rings or bags of gold or a crown. In each round, one player is going to be the sheriff. Everyone else has the chance to discard some cards and redraw up to five. Then they're going to place up to five cards in their colored bag and declare what they are bringing into town and hand that bag to the sheriff. Any of your cards can be in that bag, but you have to be, when you declare, you have to be truthful about the number of cards that are in there and you can only declare one legal good. So let's say you're putting in two cheese, one wood and one stolen treasure. That's going to be four cards. You might say, uh, good sheriff, I am bringing in four cheese. That's how that would work. And so you do this because each good you can get past the sheriff. It's going to be worth points for you. And of course, you know, good resources for the good people of Nottingham. But they're going to be worth points for you, especially the, the stolen treasure. That's worth the most points. But you can also get some bonus points at the end of the game from good old King Richard, who's going to give you a bonus if you brought in the most of a particular good to town. So you're going to hand your bag to the sheriff, and the sheriff's going to decide whether or not they want to open your bag. If they do and you are lying, you have to pay a penalty. And if they do and you're telling the truth, then they have to pay you a penalty. And of course, you can always bribe the sheriff with extra taxes or goods from your player board to not open your bag. You can even pay the sheriff to open someone else's bag during that whole negotiation phase. So again, you were talking about cutthroat negotiation trading games. This one can really, you know, knives can come out uh, very easily. And this one. So, of course, uh, when all that is said and done, you're going to score points for the goods that you get through. You're going to play until everyone has had the chance to be sheriff at least two to three times, depending on your player count. And whoever has the most money at the end of the game is going to win. And that is roughly how you play Disney's Robin Hood, Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> oh, I, did you, I didn't hear this. Maybe... 
maybe you said this and I just missed it, but the, okay. Two things I thought about when you were teaching the game. One is when you do the declaration phase, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you can only mention one good. Mm-hmm. I typically forget that rule when I teach it. <laughs> so <laughs> Inevitably somebody gives me a bag, two cheese and three <laughs> bread. I, I can't do that. Yeah. But the other thing is, did you mention you, you have to look them in the eye? Did you say that? <laughs> I, I did not say that. That is a rule that I never forget because I am very clear about that. It is in the rule book. It's in the <laughs> Disney version of it. It's in the old, uh, right. I say old, the, the first uh, version that I have, the Sheriff of Nottingham um, Arcane Wonders edition that I have. Both of them say you have to look them in the eye and declare what you're bringing into town. I like that. I think it's fun. Yeah, we never stress that. I feel like it happens all the time anyway, but I've never stressed that one. But there may be a few rules differences here. I've noticed uh, as I went through this from this version compared to the original version. I've not played the original version. I've only played this Disney Robin Hood version. So So let's make a couple clarifying statements here. When we're talking about the original, probably you're referring to the remake that Arcane Wonders did, which is Sheriff of Nottingham. Before that, it was Robin Hood. Before that was Hart on Der Gritz. And then before that, in 1950, was Contraband. Really? So this game goes this, that far back? The first version of this game is Contraband. Now, I don't really know the big differences, but based on the based on the, the components that I'm looking at, it actually looks like it would be really much, pretty much the same game, but there's no designer attributed to Contraband. Hmm. Interesting. Which I think is very interesting. But... When you say original, I'm assuming that you're referring to Sheriff of Nottingham, the Arcane Wonders edition that came out in 2014. Is that correct? Uh, I believe I believe so. And I know in that one, at least, correct me if I'm wrong, because you've played that one. I think when you're dealing out the cards, you also deal like two separate discard decks, right? That people can, can yes. look through. That is not the case in the Disney version. There's just the one draw deck and then whatever discard deck people create as they discard their cards. Yeah, so you've so, got the draw deck and then you've got the two separate piles and you can, you say dig through, but you're still taking from the top of that one, but you, right. everyone knows. I like that element a little bit because people have an idea of what you've been getting, although I don't find it necessary, especially when playing with younger people. With my kids, I actually think it's helpful to do the Disney version where you you don't have that extra element of trying to remember what people are taking. Yeah, I, I feel like that could be helpful sometimes, but I hate feeling like I have to do that, um, you know, but sometimes it, it is, it is beneficial to know an idea of what's been played and discarded and what hasn't. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So let's go to the art components. We're going to be talking specifically about these two versions and then maybe mention some of the, I don't have the come on version of this game. The Sheriff of Nottingham, is it called second edition? Is that right? I think they just call it Sheriff of Nottingham. Like if you were to look it up on BGG, that's you see the Simon cover. No, no, no. Excuse me. The 2020 version is listed as Sheriff of Nottingham Second Edition. Oh, it is. Okay. Well, it then is. I now miss, I don't. I misremembered the one. That. The one that I have is Sheriff of Nottingham, just regular Sheriff of Nottingham, 2014 edition. That is from Arcane Wonders, not from Command Games. Gotcha. Okay. Yep, I see that now. But here's the deal. None of those really matter because the best version is the Disney's Robin Hood version. Ooh, okay. Well, let's talk about art components first because this might play into some of that. We'll explain all the different versions as we're going. What do you think about the art components of this one? 
I, I love the art because it's just like that of the cartoon. Again, like I said earlier, this was one of my favorite cartoons when I was a kid. I probably watched this more than, than anything. We watched it the other day. We played this as a family uh, with my daughters and some of their friends uh, a lot the last couple of weekends. And we even like watched the movie because none of them outside of my family had ever seen Disney's Robin Hood. And so we watched it and it's great. The art is just the same. Uh, you've got the cool sheriff standee that you kind of pass around. The player boards are great because your player boards, you get to be, not that it matters, but you get to be a character from the the movie, whether that's Robin Hood or Little John or Maiden Marian or Lady Cluck or Friar Tuck, you know, all those are there. The It's got really good thick cardboard tokens, which I love. Now, granted, we didn't use those. I had some kind of generic metal coins we used instead because, you know, the clinkety clink. Is better than cardboard, but it's got great cardboard tokens. If you like that, the, I love the insert, you know, I know they talked about the designers being the insert designers. Well, they did a great job because it holds everything pretty well. Uh, it almost has like that drink carrier material. Like, you know, you go to a fast food joint, which like a drink carrier. Sure. Like that's the material that <laughs> the insert is made of that sort of cardboardy. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Like you get it at ballparks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I Drink think trays, I think is what yeah, I was yeah, calling it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I wish it was a little bit deeper to hold the cards better, but, uh, but it's nice. I only have maybe one or two complaints before I get into that. As far as the components, what about you? What do you think about the components? I wish the wells in those were a little bit deeper for yeah. the cards. I, I feel that way for all of these games. I wish they were a little bit deeper. You cannot sleeve the cards and keep the insert for, for the versions that I have. The art on the Disney version of this, I think, is fantastic. I love it a lot. The art on the Arcane Wonders version is fantastic. I love it a lot. The art for the Come On version is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I I really think that the Arcane Wonders version of that is amazing. Some of the best art in mm-hmm. any game, honestly. I, I like it a lot. You also... I don't know how much to get into this. Maybe this gets in more into the gameplay. But overall, okay, well, okay, let me put a pin in what I was just about to say. Let me come back and talk about expansion stuff okay. as part of the art and components, okay? Okay. None of the games have good quality cards. They're crap. They're absolutely trash. Yes. And it's so frustrating. I really wish... In, uh, okay, I don't know the Come On version game. I'm so sorry. So I, I cannot say that the cards in that are trash. Maybe they are. I don't know. I get it. You've got a lot of cards in this game, but my goodness, come on. I mean, when you're shuffling them there, it's, it's like paper. It's like shuffling paper money or something. It's terrible. It's like they printed the cards on a piece of poster board. You pick up at Walmart and then just cut them. Like that's the quality. It's, it's garbage. They're all warped. It's easy to bend. I mean, it's just, The worst, maybe the worst cards in any game. <laughs> I'm be, being very hyper, hyperbolic, yeah. but I actually, I feel, I can't think of a game that's worse than that. Yeah, same. The coins, they're fine. I mean, it is what it is. I had some that kind of uh, tore a little bit as you're, as you're popping those open. I think I did in the other version too. So I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's fine. But really the art on both these games is fantastic. And that carries it. Because if yeah. you're just looking at components, it's not going to do it. One other thing that I've noticed in other versions of this, they have the little bags you put your cards in that snap together. And people love that snap feel and sound. 
the Disney ver the Robin Hood version does not have that. It's just little bags. I guess trying to be thematic because I guess they didn't have snaps back then. I don't know. But these bags, uh, the colors of them, some of them are really similar. Like the greens, especially. There's like a teal and there's a green, and there's not much of a difference. So it's easy if you're not paying attention for the sheriff to open the wrong bag or give the wrong bag back to the wrong person. That's problematic. And those bags don't stay closed. Those little drawstrings you've got. Yep. It just, it opens right up. And so that can, again, be problematic if you're not paying attention. Something can slip out, can fall out. You might peek and see something you're not supposed to. I wish they had snaps and better coloring. Yep. The bags themselves are are nice, other than those things that you're saying. It's right. really easy to teach the other version because of the snaps. Hmm. Because once you snap, you can't go back, right? right? Like if it's snapped, it's done. In this version, there were several times it was like, oh, I might open it up and then hand it over, especially playing with younger kids. Mm-hmm. there's no like defining moment of what that is because even opening the bag, sometimes it just happens. You can't really tie it that well. And so yeah. that can't be the, the defining piece of that. So yes, the snaps I miss. In fact, I would like to pick up some more bags um, so that you do have that snapping aspect or figure out another way to, to make that work. Agreed. The, um, so I think that's good for the art and components. I'll say quickly when you're comparing these two games before we get into the review the games themselves, they do play the same. Um, I I don't remember which contra like what contraband you have that could be different. I, it seems like in the new Disney version, there's not a lot of different options for contraband. There's, I don't I don't remember the value of all of them. You've got the coins, you've got the the crown, and the money bags, right? Yeah, you have. The crown's the most beneficial. I want to say that one's worth 15 points. Yeah. the I think the money bags are behind that at like 12 or 11. And then there's also rings and jewels. And I feel like they're maybe around the same. Or maybe one of them is 10. Maybe the rings are 10 and the jewels are 9. Worth that many points, if I'm remembering. But, that, but, but that's it. Like, that's all the options, I think, for stolen treasure. I don't know what the other versions have. Yeah, so the, the, the version that I have, I believe, has more options than that. It's hard to remember, too, what what is base game and what is expansion. So with the expansion stuff, I just want to mention it quickly. And this is a version of a game that you can't get anymore, so I apologize for that. Actually, the expansion looks like you can get. I'm not looking at the base game right now. The expansion you can get for like 20 bucks. Plays up to six players. It's got different modules in there. If you're playing with six players, you actually have a a um, two deputies instead of a sheriff. Hmm. And so... Both deputies, they have to decide to search the bag or let the people pass. And then they share the punishment and reward, which is pretty interesting. I like that aspect of it. You've got different illegal goods, including the Merry Men. That's what this expansion is called, the Merry Men expansion. If they're successfully smuggled in, the players reveal them and then they activate special abilities on those Merry Men. You've got the Black Market, and so it adds um, bonus cards that display illegal goods. And if you are the first player to... Um, successfully smuggle in those goods and you're going to receive the bonus cards and a big reward. You've got uh, special orders, the law um, that the sheriff has. You've got laws that go into play. The expansion is really cool for this. And then there's promo mm. cards that you have. I actually have a miniature sheriff that I've not painted yet, but I plan on painting at some point. For me, it is the superior game. I know that we're not going to fully look at that, but the the superior game is that arcane wonders version with the expansion is there if you don't use all the modules 
is there a stocks expansion where like whoever gets caught has to play in stocks? Like you put them in the wooden stocks until maybe the, their turn comes back around to be sure. I think that would be an exciting expansion to play. With. <laughs> That'd be quite the box that you'd have to get. Maybe make it a cardboard stock for the player to actually get in. I, th- I think that works, you know, punch it out, just make it better quality than the cards <laughs> or the other punch boards. Got in there. But you know, it raises the stakes and that's what, that's what we need more of. I'm sure it came up in the planning process, but we'll talk in generalities and and look at the Disney Robin Hood version of this game because I think that gives you a good idea. And it's the version that's maybe most widely available right now. It's at Barnes and Noble and other places like that. So we'll talk about that version. And just thematically, it's by far the superior version. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, this does go back to components. I have to throw this in there. My biggest disappointment the the version that I have used it came out with an app. the The app was free. It had a timer on it, so you could could not negotiate beyond that. I think it was two minutes. You could change the timer. It had all this background sound going on that made it feel so much more thematic. They discontinued that app, and I was looking for it when we played mm. this a couple of weeks ago, and it's not on there anymore. I was really bummed about that because that really added to the the feel of the game and. One complaint I have about this version is there is no timer. And so negotiation in this can take much longer than it should. I really recommend using a timer for that negotiation time. The old version, we would set a two minute timer total. You only had two minutes to negotiate with everybody. And so you felt more tense. Like, oh no, he's going to open up my bag unless I pay him. So I better hurry up and overpay Hmm. before the timer runs out. I love that aspect of it. I like that. That's something we'll have to implement next time. Now, I didn't know the other versions had a timer, but yeah, definitely setting if one. If you I use the app, you didn't have to use it, gotcha. but it was a free free app, official app that they came up with. I just gotcha. wish that somebody would, even if, it was, I don't know, web-based or something, I would love yeah. to see that again. No, so that's cool. Well, as long as we're talking about it then, anything else you wanted to say about the gameplay of this? Um, you know, obviously if you've listened to Meeple Town for a long time, you know that this game has been in my top 50 for a while. So I, spoilers, I've loved this game. It is not always the best game for every crowd though. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, for a couple reasons. One, if you don't set that timer, negotiation can take a long time if you allow it to, especially if you don't have players that aren't willing to move the game along. So I think that's important to move the game along. This should not take a super super long time to play so use it use a timer for this also if you just don't like if you have people who really don't like that aspect of lying or negotiation or any of that you know high 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 player interaction steven our one of my close friends i think he's played this with me years ago but it's not he's not my target crowd he doesn't like games that you lie in I, in fact, do love games that you lie in, unfortunately. That may call me a bad person. I apologize for that, but I think it's a ton of fun. But there's some hurt feelings that can happen because you might be saying, look, I'm not going to pay you anything because I'm not smuggling anything. And then you open it up, especially if you're playing with young kids, and then I flip over face down five cards that I smuggled through. I've seen tears shed in this game because of that. And so... Playing with the young kids, you just have to you have to be aware of that. And yep, that's all I'll say. <laughs> you know, that's that's funny. I have such mixed feelings about that aspect and this game because yeah, I I hear what you're saying. It's not going to be someone for everybody. You've got to know your your crowd. And 
the hurt feelings and all that. But that at, at the same time, you know, I would, I would say, whereas I said with, about Bonanza, if you don't like trading or negotiating, you're not going to like Bonanza. If you don't like lying or bluffing, you still might like this game. At least that's been our experience. There's something about, because that's all it is and the, the silly nature of it, maybe Robin Hood added to that. Maybe it was the theme and our experience. Like even, you know, Cindy, my wife, who does not like lying games at all or bluffing and all that, just loves this game. And uh, friends of my my kids who really aren't uh, huge into board games, but played this, loved it. Now, granted, were there were there moments of, you know, potential breakups? Were there moments of, of fights and potential tears? Sure. But I think at the end of the day, everybody had a good time and and loved it. But yeah, man, you can, why would you do that? I was going to, you know, it can, it can get heated. But at the same time, I think it can be a game for everyone, which um, I think very few games are able to, to do that. You don't have to be a good liar like you, <clears throat> minister, but it does help. And sometimes honesty is the best policy in, in a game like this. Yeah. Yeah. I, it really depends on the type of player you are, but it's, it it is a hard sell for somebody who doesn't like those to, to play this game because you might feel like, well, I'm at a disadvantage because I'm, I am going to be telling the truth the whole time. Can you do really well and, and tell the truth the whole time? Maybe that's not my experience (laughs) though. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, it is important to get some good contraband in there. Yeah. The Disney version, I think, does lend itself to be more honest and still be able to do well. The older version, I do think that you did need to get more contraband. Hmm. How so? Well, maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking about this poorly, but with some of the expansion stuff that I mentioned, you know, you've got the hmm. if you're able to smuggle these things through, you get an extra benefit, like the Merry Men or the um, the set collection piece, and being able to kind of fulfill those orders. Some of that. Um, but also just some of it is worth so much money. Now you do get the bonuses in this one and in this one and the other one, you got the bonuses in the other one too. You didn't get the tokens, but it's the exact same idea, right? Um, so getting those bonuses can become very important. In fact, I've lost, I've not won the new version of this game at all. Part of that is because I do try to smuggle too much, but I don't usually get a lot of the bonuses because I so many people got better sets than I do. So if you go through and you get three first place bonuses, you're, you're very well going to win this game, right? You got a great chance of winning this game, even without any any of the contraband. Yeah, and that is one of the things I like about the gameplay. You're you're always looking, at least I am, to see, okay, who's, who's leading in this category? Who's leading in that category? What kind of good should I be trying to collect to, to keep them from getting all of that first player bonus. One of the neat things about this version that I don't think the others have is that when you collect three of a certain good, you can trade that in for a token. Uh, And those tokens, you cannot lose. Now, if you've got good cards on your player board and you can't pay the sheriff for penalties, then you've got to pay those good cards. But if you've traded them in for those tokens, then you don't because that implies that you've already given your goods to the villagers and they've rewarded you with some kind of bonus. So that little bit of difference in gameplay, I think, again, not having played the original, I like the sound of that. And it gives you a good visual representation to know who's leading and what uh, to help you know what goods maybe you should go for to at least get a piece of some of that King Richard bonus action. You know what I mean? Did you ever get to the point where you didn't have money to pay? No, but... (laughs) Uh, never did. Have you? 
No, and that's why I was okay. asking that because yeah. it it is cool in theory because of that. Right. In practice, it never came into play. It was yeah. no different than the original version because of that. But part of that would depend on the type of group you're playing with. The player right. count matters for that too because the higher player count, the more likely you could run out of money. Well, I guess right. the same. You could get more money in the game too, I guess. Yeah. We had a few people get close. We played five players uh, each time and we had a few get close. So I guess it could happen if you were more adventurous. It would happen with my kids, I think, more likely because they overpay for things sometimes. Um, like kids uh, you do. really, the first game especially, it was like, I'll give you $20 not to open this. I'm like, well, okay, $20 <laughs> a lot of money. Sold. <laughs> Even though I tried to say, hey, 20 is too much. But they're like, I got, you know, five contraband in my bag. So it's, I'm going to get a lot of money, which is very true. But you're also kind of limiting what you can do in the future. Right, with right, right. <laughs> wow. And it's very suspicious if you're spending twenty dollars. So well, it's anyway, here, yeah. <laughs> but it is overall, it's a pretty simple game though. And it, when you're not looking at all the expansion stuff with that other version of it, the Disney version, it is just pretty much that original version. Contraband super simple to deal with. The treasure is easy. It's a quick teach. Well, let's get into our final thoughts. Let's do that. Like I said, I'll this go is, first, Darren. I'm not listening to you. <laughs> I, I hesitated like I wanted you to say yours, but everybody knows that this is a favorite game of mine, right? So I'll, I'll just say I'm at a nine on this one. This one has consistently made Whoa. my my top uh, nine to nine and a half. I don't know if it matters at that point. It's a game that I really, I, I don't think I've ever turned down a play of this one. I'll stick with the nine because it's somewhere in that mid range of my top 50, but who cares? It's in my top 50, right? Like I love this game so much. It's so much player interaction, which I love. It does feel thematic. I will say it does feel a little bit more thematic with the, with the app, a lot more thematic with the app and, and the tenseness comes out when you have that, when you play with that timer. So there's aspects of the original that I just prefer over the other one. But both games, I think, are just fantastic. I think Disney theming probably will draw in more people than the other one. You can get family members, young family members, to play this game just based on the theme. And I'm glad, so glad that Disney did a a Robin Hood version of this because the art is really cool. Love it. Love this game so much. I'm not going to turn down a play. And it's going to stay at least in my top 100. But it's I think it's always been in my top 50, if I remember right. Wow. That's now I got to go back and look because if I'm lying about that, then <laughs> that's also very thematic. What you got? <laughs> well, like I said, this was one of my most favorite uh, movies as a kid. One of the ones I watched the most. And when I saw the theme, this was when I had to, to pick up the game. We have played this so much over the last couple of weeks, like I said, with my daughters and their friends and everyone has really enjoyed it. Uh, the bluffing is fun. The negotiating is fun. I enjoy in, at least in this version, being able to role play a little bit of that, whether that be based on the character I am or as the sheriff, that kind of stuff is great. But this is one, at least for me, that I like the aspects of it, but sometimes uh, can be a little um, exhausting in some ways. I really enjoy the game. I'm going to give this a 7.5. I think it's very good. I'm usually going to be willing to play. I'm going to suggest that, you know, if I'm in the right mood, uh, I really like it. It's not going to be one that I want to play all the time. Maybe maybe if we set the timer a little bit, that would help some. 
but the, the, the negotiation stress level, the social interaction sometimes is a, is a little tiring for me, not necessarily in a bad way, but just in a way that makes me not want to pull it off all the time. So, so yeah, 7.5, great game. Really enjoyed it. Glad that I own it. Oodalali. <laughs> I may have lied. It's, I cannot find my list, but it was not in my 40 through 50. And that's kind of where it usually lands somewhere in my high 40s. So I may have pushed it out for something else, but it's in my top 60 games at least. So again, super, super high. You were bluffing. Very thematic. <laughs> that was a nine for me, a seven. Sorry. What did you say? Seven and a half? Yeah, you weren't listening to me at all because I saw you on your phone looking at your own list. You jerk. Yes. Yeah, 7.5. <laughs> I was sneaking contraband in there. 7.5 and a 9 for Sheriff of Nottingham. If you would like to get in touch with us, connect with us through all of our social media outlets at Mapletown Games. You can send us mail to mapletowngames at gmail.com. Or if you want to send questions, specifically send those to mapletownmail at gmail.com. Connect with us through our guild at 3407. And please go to our Discord where lots of extra conversation is going on behind the scenes. And until next time, thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Later. A pox on the phony king of England.